0: Welcome to Definitely Maybe Agile, the podcast where Peter Madison and David Shurok discuss the complexities of adopting new ways of working at scale.
1: Hello, Dave, how are you today? Peter, good to see you again. Good to have a bit of a, a chat about some topics. It is indeed. And uh, what's on the cards today? Uh, I've, I wanted to float the idea of talking a little bit about scaling and there's, there's a, a couple of reasons for that. Um, one is well, everything we've talked about in one way or another relates to the idea of getting agility across more than a few teams, right? We've talked about this in many different contexts over, over the years. But the other side is that the Scrum Alliance has just announced a new scaling course a scaling product uh, I've been fortunate enough to be involved in kind of helping pull together what that course might look like and so there's just some interesting topics that came up in those conversations that now that it's it's beginning to to kind of gather some momentum uh, I think would be a great place for us to talk and, and sort of uh, share our, our views on what that scaling product uh, or this what scaling and agility really means yeah it's, it's an interesting topic isn't it
0: it's uh and we were chatting a little bit before this, and uh, I mean, my my perspective is, is similar around that the first question you ask when somebody say they want to scale agile is like, well, what is it that you're scaling? What what exactly is it you're looking to do? What's the outcome you're targeting here? Because the very often this this is coming from a place of, well, we we set up a team over here, and then they seem to have done quite
1: well. Okay, can I? How do I do that for the rest of my organization? Yeah, more of that everywhere, right? And and uh, or I mean, yeah, I mean, I I would say we're lucky if we get that. Call conversation. What we normally get is we, we need to be agile, or 2020x, this is the year that we're going to be agile, or something like that. Or we want this framework, we want this Spotify model, or we want the x, y, and z model framework. Uh, and of course, that's not the way these things work, is it, we've got to understand that we need to, the, the leading with a solution or leading with a tool is never going to get you where you want to go in these sort of organizational transformations.
0: Yeah, it's not, uh, something that worked somewhere else is not necessarily going to work here. And in the interest- Interesting word in that sentence because it's necessarily you you may have some success with yeah. some of these frameworks and at least a part of your organization, it might actually work quite well. Um and but then it's it's unlikely given your organizational context and the people that you have in the situation you're in with the systems that you have, that if you can just copy something
1: from somewhere else and slap it down on your organization and expect it to work. Well, I mean, we've talked many times about Kinevin and complexity and the the fact is this sort of volatile unique contextual environments become very difficult to rubber stamp or to copy and paste what works in one organization into another. And I think that's that's part of I mean it's part of why we work with organizations is that 80% which is the same is great, but the art is in identifying the 20% which is contextually relevant in your organization and your situation. Yeah,
0: the the conversation uh, even recently I've had with an organization who said, "Well, just tell us how to do it. Just tell us how to set this up."
1: Like that and like so. Exactly, uh, yeah. that way. Let me email you. It was a, a kind of a hit list of what to do. Well, and and one of the other things. So so what I I really enjoyed uh, over the last few months of just pulling some you know discussing what goes into scaling is recognizing first of all, and I think this was a really smart move of um what the course ended up doing is saying hold on, let's not try and do agility everywhere. Let's take a look at the the most common problem, which is I need more capacity. How do I scale across many teams or maybe um, um, you know the product is growing in complexity how do i scale that complexity uh, uh, technically across many teams or even just simple things like you know we're now we're an international company and we've got teams distributed in lots of different locales time zones and how do you overcome the complexity you know the difficulty of working in those environments and i and i think this is a really um it isn't well enough understood to say oh well you just go and do these things though so even those what what many might consider pretty straightforward of you know moving to a dozen teams from two teams or or whatever other instance of that problem is, there's still plenty of room for what works here doesn't necessarily work there. Yeah,
0: and especially, I mean, the, the classic example of that is, okay, so you, you've added more people and essentially into a system which created more communication channels if you aren't able to individ- have those teams deliver individually because the underlying system architecture doesn't enable them to. Or yeah. I don't have the surrounding frameworks and capabilities to make any of that work. So the it's great, I've got more people. That's actually going to just slow you down yes well and
1: and and leave you with a lot of risks because yeah. you know, you've you've got those two layers right the technical layer that you have to kind of make sure is aligned and congruent and so on and behaving in its way that we need it to and then the, the sort of communication layer the people side of it and which is digital transformations in a nutshell that's what makes them hard is it's not just technology or just people it's a combination of so, both um, now one of the other things that the the uh, learning objectives really focused on is not is being framework agnostic and, and what I find interesting in the market right now is um, there's a lot of conversation about framework X, framework Y, framework Z, but very little about scaling and how to make a decision around frameworks or how to make a decision around the patterns that you use or don't use. And I think that was uh, a really good, I mean, we all agreed on the on the subject matter experts of just the validity of patterns and of just recognizing that frameworks definitely have value, but there's there's another, that you, it's kind of like you've got to know how to use Use them and, and what bits of them to use.
0: Yeah, and 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 patterns work a little better in that sense. In that you can say, well, here are things that we've seen combinations of things that we've seen yeah. work well in other organisations or in other places. That doesn't necessarily mean those patterns are going to work well, but you, uh, but they may well. So so this is something to try. Here's here's how things might relate together. So something to look at. If you have this problem, try this pattern. Like uh, if we're if you see this in your organisation, then
1: try this pattern and see if it. Helps resolve that, or help you move forward. Well, I think there's a there's so many com- like intuitively we understand where these sort of patterns and practices come from, and we can talk about them. But what I find is it's more granular. So you're not trying to kind of shift <laughs> the the entire thing. You're you're really kind of targeting um, a particular problem that's been identified. And what I like about it is is it's a problem. It's really true problem solving. We can now look at this and go, you know, there are different patterns. How do we select which pattern we're going to use? When we use a pattern, how do we validate it? And again, we've talked about this so many times, whether it's experiments, whether it's just understanding context to be able to make small changes and evolve our approach as we get feedback and so on. And what I find interesting is it doesn't mean we have to be slow. Those small changes can be happening you know, repeatedly and rapidly, but it is it is definitely not a fire and forget approach, right? We've kind of got to be continuously engaged and aware of those changes as they're happening and make sure, you know, we're not, we're not going in driving off a cliff by accident, as it were. Yeah, we've got to be able to measure. We've
0: got to be intentional, is feel a good word to describe it. i find to say we're, we're intentional about the actions that we take and we're looking at, to measure what are those outcomes. So we want to make sure that we understand that, hey, we, we're going to try this pattern and this is what we we're we hoping to see as an outcome. And if we don't see that, we need to look at why and decide whether that's something that we want to continue doing or if we want to go and find something else that may work be better for us.
1: And, and I really, I, I find the conversation like that 80-20 rule that I hinted at earlier on. There is so, so many times there's from a scaling perspective, there seems to be a choice of either choose a framework or clean slate, build from the ground up. And I think what understanding patterns and principles and how to use those to to scale uh, agile delivery in an organization, agility in an organization, that really stops us looking at it as a blank sheet, a blank slate, and allows us to actually build out the 80%, which we know is almost certainly going to bed in really, really smoothly and easily and focus on the 20%. But it's not having to emerge everything. We don't have to emerge everything. We need to really understand the 20% that has to be unique to our situation. Yeah, and understand what's
0: going to What's different about it here that we we need to sort of adapt to our world, to our context, to how we work, to the to the structures that we have, the existing uh, cultures or ways of behaving that uh, drive different uh, aspects of the organization and make sure that we're uh, not disrupting things at, uh, as well as the element of not disrupting things
1: too fast. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Or, or out of control, right? Accelerating change in, in an environment where it's not the right thing to do. Um, I'm reminded, I think you you just in preparation, we were just chatting about it and you were talking about um, it's not will it work but will it work here yeah yes yeah. and it's the and finding things that are the patterns that are going to
0: uh, that people are going to latch on to and say ah, that's great I love that I can take that and I can apply it here I can see how that's going to help you this is the I can get in passionate about this I can yeah,
1: use th- this it's, I just said uh, you remind me completely of that conversation that we had about I think it was my iceberg is melting and how important it is to get that enthusiastic response sometimes we see this as some sort of like project that we have to deliver and it has to be serious and change and I've just you just reminded again so much of it is, it is um, that engagement and enthusiasm that comes with it so that's a great takeaway yeah there. yeah. The
0: what's in it for me is the yeah. the important part of it as we uh, because anytime you're introducing change you uh, people are, are going to and initially they're like sort of ah that's not going to affect me I don't want to do it and then they're going to be like I, I really don't want to do that <laughs> it's <tough>. it's <laughs> And But so it take, takes time for people to get used to new ideas. Um, and there's lots of literature on this, of course, and lots of ways of explaining that. But uh, any time we're introducing things, the, it, it, is, it is different from how things have been done before. So the the smaller you can make that change, the easier it is to consume. So it's the, if trying to do massive changes all at once to everybody uh, can be very disruptive to the organization. So as you look to scale as well, it's, it's better to apply it in small bits and learn as you go and find out what's going to work even even within your organization, depending on the
1: size and what sort of things you're looking to introduce. And this is really interesting because it wraps up what I was trying to use as, as our, our thread that we're going through, which is the final section of the learning objectives that we ended up discussing was about organizational transformations being a change problem, organizational change problem. and um, And again, we've discussed this a number of times, but organizational change problem as sort of agile doing agile, right? Mm-hmm. an incremental like evidence driven sort of iterations of change rather than the communique that goes out to say as of you know monday this is the way the organization will operate um and i think uh, one of the things that came out of that so it's so the, and i'm i'm really happy about this getting into this conversation around scaling was the idea of scaffolds of, of how to help organizations change because this is where you and i were right mm-hmm. so that scaffold is a temporary structure that we're going to put into an organization to allow them to get used to how that transformation works and of course have uh, having an agile coach alongside you for the journey for six months or a year, whatever it might be, is, is the classic scaffold, but not the only one, right? And and I, I'm i so happy that that conversation is had in the learning objectives because it speaks to what you and I do all the time with our clients, which is how do we help them get comfortable with the new process and the new way of working, not just selecting what it might look like, but actually bedding it in so that it becomes the de facto way of working instead of being... An idea that's thrown up on a wall. Yeah. And
0: and this is the, how do you go from it being that idea up on the wall to it being uh, something that people do as practice? And you can always tell when it is or it isn't because the moment uh, something else, something changes, do people go back to the old way of doing things or do they continue doing things in the new way? Like how how bored in are they to that new way of working? And so that's a a clear indicator that uh, whether or not people have actually started to say, okay, this works for me. I can see how this makes things better and uh, and we should definitely do this.
1: Well, and I, and I've, I think it's it's important to recognize that, you know, we're all busy, we're all overloaded, we're all trying to work on something, you know, the priorities that we that are in front of us and we're aware of. And you need those those little um kind of structural supports to keep you in the right place, just like if we sprain an ankle or whatever, some sort of, you know, break a bone or something, we need something just to make sure that we protect that so that it can get strong before we take all of those those uh, supports away and leave people to run around and do it all over again. Yes, yes. Well, on that note. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of doing it all over again, I really appreciated a, a bit of a chat around that sort of scaling idea that that I've been working on for some time. Takeaways: What kind of stood out? Uh, I think the
0: the agnostic nature of it, uh, dependency on patterns, is is good in that it uh, it helps people to remember to focus on what is it you're actually trying to do. It's not it's not about really trying to uh, scale the practice as much as it is you're trying to get better at delivering products or better at doing the service that you provide so you're trying to improve these things and make it more responsive do get all of these other benefits
1: for other reasons it isn't about scaling the framework Um, I'm just going to hog back to like that's the the beginning of the journey if you like I'm just going to go to that end one to recognize it is is an organizational change process and use agile to be agile but I just wanted to call out that that whole idea of what supports do you put in place so that your organization can get good at the new ways of working as they evolve and emerge.
0: Awesome. Uh, Well, on that note, I think we wrap it up there for today. And uh, I'd like to thank you as always, Dave. Always an interesting conversation. And uh, for all our listeners, don't forget to hit subscribe so you can hear our latest chats about all sorts of interesting topics. And uh, you can send us feedback at feedback at definitelymaybeagile.com. Until next time, Peter. Thanks again. Until next time. You've been listening to Definitely Maybe Agile the podcast where your hosts Peter Madison and David Sherrick focus on the art and science of digital, agile and DevOps at scale.